29th December 1896 Professor Fernando Bulumintrit My dear brother, when you receive this letter, I shall be dead by then. Tomorrow at seven, I shall be shot. But I am innocent of the crime of rebellion. I am going to die with a tranquil conscience. I do my best, my dearest friend, and never think ill of me. Jose Rizal Everyone, welcome to the 40th episode of Banana Q Podcast. Today, June 12, is Philippine Independence Day. So today, we dare to ask, should the Philippines have been Miss Independent, Miss I'm Sufficient, Miss Keep huh? Your Distance. Wait, wait, what song is that? It's Miss Independent by Kelly Clarkson. Don't you know this? Not really. I only know the one pro- by uh, was that? Chris Brown. Miss Independent, won't you come and spend a little time? Oh, yeah. Do you know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, there are there is more than one Miss Independent song. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, June 12 is the celebration of the Philippines' independence from Spain in 1898. But actually, we became truly independent only on July 4, 1946 from the USA. So, Ray... Why don't you take over the wheel of this time machine and bring us back to that time? Okay, let's go! So, Dee, do you remember why Rizal was executed in December of 1896? Well, according to the letters between Juan and... <laughs> you know, those letters <laughs> he uncovered. <laughs> between Juan and Antonio Luna. Yeah, because uh, he, he was considered the leader of the Philippine Revolution by the Spaniards, right? Yes, the Spaniards alleged that he was a member of the secret organization called the Katipuna, and that's why he got executed. So obviously, after his execution, a lot of Filipinos revolted strongly against the Spanish regime, but unfortunately, they weren't successful. So Andres Bonifacio and, and his revolutionists were not really successful in toppling down the, the Spanish regime. And in 1897, the following year, there was a power struggle between the Katipunan. Is, is Bonifacio really enough or he's not able to lead us into independence? So maybe we should select another leader. Mm. And so Emilio Aguinaldo became the new leader of the Katipunan. There's a lot of controversy regarding that because it led to the execution of Andres Bonifacio. Oh, uh, actually. So there, there's a lot of power struggle. So it seems like the Filipinos at that point in time were not ready or at least needed help in order to truly become independent. Now, during this time, it's not just the Philippines facing this issue against the Spanish regime. Mm-hmm. There are also other territories like Cuba, Puerto Rico, Guam, who are revolting against Spain. Now, in 1898, in one fateful day, an American warship, USS Maine, wanted to help some of the Americans in Cuba who are desperately wanting to get out of the country. Mm-hmm. Now, USS Maine, the ship, blew up. Ooh. And then nobody knew what happened. Was it the Spaniards attacking the US? Or was it internal issue? Maybe the, the chef forgot to turn off the stove and that's why <laughs> okay. the ship <laughs> broke. But the short story is the Americans blamed the Spaniards for that event. Mm-hmm. So there, there was a war cry, Remember the Maine! To hell with Spain. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. So the U.S. soldiers were 
angry at Spain for allegedly causing the USS Maine to explode in ruins. I see. And so the Americans declared war against Spain. So that's why there's the Spanish-American War of 1898. Oh, so that's what caused it. Yeah. So Americans helped Cuba in, in their revolt. And also, they helped the Filipinos in our revolution. So there was a famous battle of Manila Bay wherein U.S. warships attacked Spanish outposts. And so on June 12, 1898, Emilio Aguinaldo assembled the Malulas Congress in Bulacan and declared independence from Spaniards. So ah. ultimately, we won the war because of the help of the Americans. I see. Okay. But is it truly? And that is why we have the June 12, 1898 as our Philippine independence from Spain. But then, From what Spain. happened next? But then, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. the Americans who helped us <laughs> defeat the Spaniards refused to go out of our country. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so back then, mm-hmm. uh, the U.S. President, William McKinley, issued a proclamation of what was famously known as the Benevolent Assimilation Ooh, Policy. Sounds. Sounds, sounds fancy. And, and the policy is about the future control, disposition, and government of the Philippine Islands has to be ceded to the United States. Okay. And the reason for that is President McKinley did not believe that we are sufficient or we are capable of self-government. Now, to put that into context, we've been under Spanish regime for 300 years, right? Yeah. And and in that 300 years, Filipinos were not really well-educated. Only a few of us had limited access to schools. Mm-hmm. Majority of us are under poverty. So the, the U.S. government decided that maybe the Philippines is not ready to be independent. And so they needed the help of a developed nation like the U.S. Mm-hmm. to kind of okay. learn their way to self-government. I see. Actually, June 12, 1898, we declared independence, right? But mm-hmm. the Spaniards did not uh, surrender or did not admit defeat. Really? Okay. <laughs> yes. They did not admit defeat. Uh, in fairness to them, they still control some outposts. Mm. And that's why the Declaration of Independence was in Malolos, Bulacan. Uh-huh. Because Manila was still under Spanish control. <laughs> okay. So there's still portions of the Philippines that are under Spain. And in the following year of 1899, the, the famous Treaty of Paris. Do you remember the Treaty of Paris? Yeah. This sounds familiar. So it was an agreement signed by the U.S. and Spain. So Spain now officially surrendered to the war, Mm. but they wouldn't give the Philippines for free. The U.S. had to pay. With money? Yes, with money. Can you guess how much? Um, I I don't know. Um, okay. A million pesos? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Spain demanded payment because uh, for them, okay, we're giving you Philippines, mm. but we still have infrastructure in the Philippines, right? We have churches, we built roads, so oh. you need to pay us for the infrastructure that we've built. Okay. So uh, Spain demanded 20 million US dollars. Whoa. Okay, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I wonder how much that money is in today's money. I have no idea. Maybe it's 600 a lot. million? Yeah, Probably. it's a lot of money. But there are a lot of issues with this Treaty of Paris, actually. Mm-hmm. Because, like, wh- why is it that Philippines is not involved in the conversation? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's as if we are uh, a property, right? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, Spain exactly. is done with us, and so the Americans will need to take over. But before that, the Americans needed to pay 20 million US dollars. Yeah, they were treating us like property, as you said. Like, you know, we're selling you land and buildings and stuff and people. <laughs> but, 
we were not even at all involved in, you know, um, what did we think? Are we amenable to this or something? So nobody asked no. us, right? Yeah. So and what happened? In history, actually, the Philippines sent participants to Treaty of Paris, maybe to sit in and to say our thoughts, but mm-hmm. we were not formally invited in the room <laughs> when the negotiations happened. So I don't know. It's a, it's a bit unfair. Why were we not? properly involved in, in this agreement. Think of it as this way, the Spanish were treating us as slaves anyway, and they were selling their slaves over to the U.S., kind of like that, right? That's mm. why the slave has no say in the matter, I guess. Yeah. If I guess it's, it's the sad, closest really. analogy that I could think of. Mm. So in the end, did, did they get paid? Yes. So the U.S. paid $20 million, and mm-hmm. so officially, at the end of the Treaty of Paris, when it was signed, the Philippines became kind of a colony of the U.S. or a property of the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Can you imagine how Emilio Aguinaldo and the Cateponeros, the revolutionists, would feel? Like, okay, we uh. declared independence, but then actually not. We're yes. still under U.S. control. And so the revolution continued. So mm. then became the bloodiest war in the Philippines. Oh, sorry. I wouldn't say bloodiest. One of the bloodiest okay. wars in the Philippines, which is then called the Philippine-American War. Oh. So Emilio Aguinaldo and his Katipuneros continued the fight. Not against the Spaniards now. And this time it's against the new captors, which is the Americans. So what year was this? Uh, 1899, right after the signing of Treaty of Paris. Ooh, <laughs> when news came that, you know, we are now under American control, um... you know, the, they began the revolution. So mm. the defunct Philippine administration <laughs> under the leadership of Emilio Aguinaldo revolted against the Americans. So it was a bloody war, and obviously we couldn't win. Uh-huh. According to history, history.com, the Philippine-American War was bloodier than the Spanish-American oh. War. Because, I, I don't know, we were so angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. <laughs> we, we celebrated too early. <laughs> yeah, actually, you're right. And then what happened? So obviously we were under American rule for 40-something years, right? Yeah. So 1901 was the year that Aguinaldo surrendered or he, he, he was captured by oh, the U.S. Okay. So officially, kind of 1901 was there's no more revolution because your leader has been captured. So mm-hmm. that ended the Philippine-American War as well. And in that year, the U.S. sent the first U.S. governor of the Philippines, and that is William Howard Taft. You see? So we have a governor. Okay. We have a U.S. governor. <laughs> All right. So under the leadership of Governor General William Howard Taft, he instituted a lot of improvements to the Philippines. So economic conditions in- improved. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of disputes uh, amongst church ownership and land and all that. And Taft actually created control over those disputes. Okay. So he created a lot of modernization and introduced U.S. westernization of our country. So it actually was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So in 1903, they introduced motorized cars. So it was Ooh. the first time that there are cars in the Philippines. They've upgraded railroads. Uh-huh. They've improved our ports. So it's effectively, they're trying to build the Philippines as perhaps, of course, uh, repair from Ah. from the war, but also kind of modernizing our country. Uh And they also, most importantly, taught us, right? I mean, they introduced education to the Philippines, which the the Spaniards didn't do. So Mm. that is why we started to learn English. And that is why we can speak English right now. (laughs) Yes. Through the USS, USS Thomas, another ship. And then, obviously, from the first decade of 1900s, Filipino population increased dramatically because our lifestyle has changed, our lives have improved, health 
education, all the benefits that first world countries enjoyed, we are getting introduced with like all, all the technology and all that. So, mm-hmm. but then in, in that first decade, there are still Filipinos who really want independence from the U.S. So there's still a lot of protests. There's still a lot of... Uh, even in the U.S., right? Uh, mm. There's a lot of backlash as to how the U.S. treated the Philippines. Like, oh, you granted them independence from Spain, but you're now controlling them. So there's a lot of issues back at home as well. So, I see. Okay. So in 1916, uh, the U.S. Congress passed the Jones Law. And the Jones Law effectively gave us the power to elect Filipino legislative uh the uh, elected filipino lawmakers oh okay so it's, a, it's an improvement right yes everything is in 19 during the first uh, first decade of 1900s everything was controlled by the u.s or the americans but in 1916 we were given the chance to elect filipino lawmakers okay fine mm-hmm. we we are still the executive body we still have supreme court but you can create your own laws at least that was an improvement right but then it wasn't enough. Okay, we created laws, but then if the president is not from the Philippines, effectively, we don't have enough control of the government. Yeah. In 1934, there's a, a famous law called tidings McDuffie Law, mm-hmm. and it promised Philippine independence by 1946. So it's like, fine, if you really want independence, we will give you independence in 1946, mm. but first... In this transition period, let the U.S. help you um, build that independence. In 1935, this was the Commonwealth government of the Philippines. Do you remember that? Yes. The first Philippine elections was done in, in 1935. And the then Senate President Manuel L. Quezon uh-huh. became the president. Okay. So effectively, Quezon was the highest ranking Filipino, right? Because mm-hmm. he was the Senate president and effectively he became the president of the first Commonwealth of the Philippines. His vice president was Serio Osmeña. Okay. Going towards the end of the promised independence in 1946, mm-hmm. something happened, and that's World War II. Oh, yes. World War yeah. II happened in 1941, 42. Okay, yeah. So, towards the second half of the kind of, oh, we're almost there, we're second half before we can get our <laughs> independence from the US, then World War II happened, and Japan invaded the Philippines, and General Douglas MacArthur was defeated in Bataan. Mm-hmm. But he did promise that he will come back, right? Uh, he did, he yeah, did. He yeah, he said, hasta la vista, baby. Okay, no, sorry, <laughs> no. wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, what does his quote? His famous quote was, "I'll be back." <laughs> I sh- no, 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 that's not that. <laughs> I shall return. Yes, that's his famous quote. Yeah. and and I think there's a giant statue of him. Um, on is it Leyte or something? Yeah, Maybe, right. In, yeah. Wait, I know this because we had a camping there. <laughs> there's a specific location in Palo Leyte. Yes. Oh, no, yes. Palo okay. Leyte. So that's where General Douglas MacArthur landed along with the U.S. military, fulfilling his promise to return to the Philippines. <laughs> Cool. So when did he actually return? He returned in 1945. And that's when um, the Philippines was finally freed from Japanese occupants. Now, during World War II, President uh, Manuel Quezon was in exile to the U.S. So luckily, he was able to escape. 
and he was in the U.S. So it's a bit strange, right? Your country is yeah. <laughs> colonized by somebody else, and then the president is in the U.S. <laughs> very odd. Yes, that is yeah. that is very weird. So we were under Japanese rule, or, or is it rule? Is it right to call it rule? Japanese occupation. Yeah, maybe? we were under Japanese occupation for three years, right? Uh, yeah, uh, four maybe four. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, three to four years. Yes. All right. Unfortunately, President Manuel L. Quezon died while in exile in the U.S. Oh. So that's why. When General MacArthur liberated the Philippines from the Japanese, Sergio Osmeña became the president. I see. And because of the promise, 1946, uh, the U.S. gave the Philippines uh, independence. And there was a new election and Manuel Rojas E. Acuna mm-hmm. has become the first president of New Republic of okay. the Philippines. Okay, so he's the first yes. legit independent Philippines president. Yes, and our official Independence Day from the U.S. is July 4th, 1946. And July 4th is also the Independence Day of the U.S. Yeah, which is probably the reason why they chose that. They wanted us to celebrate it at the same date as them. Mm. But for some reason, we still decided to choose to celebrate (laughs) on June 12th. Why was that? (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, President Yusdado Makapagal in, in 1960s mm. officially declared that June 12, 1898 is the official Independence Day mm. of the Philippines. There are several strong points why he chose June 12 over July 4. And one reason is June 12 was the very first independence um, led by Filipinos against a foreign occupation. So kind of love it. Yes, we were independent in July 4, but the first struggle to independence or the first victory to independence was in June 12. Though it was short-lived, it was a declaration of it. Maybe because also that Emilio Aguinaldo is considered as the first Philippine president, right? Um, Yes. So if our independence is July 4, 1946, then it kind of, Emilio Aguinaldo becomes a defunct president because... Ah, maybe. Right? Like, why would he be a president in 1898 when in fact we were not independent until 1946? So kind of like it kind of creates confusion as to the legitimacy of us (laughs) being independent. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, they are, after all, presidents and all that. I'm sure they know better than me. Yeah, probably they have reasons for picking that. And that is why July 4, since then, has been relegated to Philippine-American Friendship Day instead of Independence Day. Oh, that one? I don't know. Yeah, that's what <laughs> my mom used to call it. I think it is. Why don't we like, quickly Google that? Philippine-American Friendship Day. <laughs> But it's a bit strange, no? Because July 4th was the day the Americans bid goodbye. So it should have been a farewell. <laughs> so it's Philippine Republic Day, also known as Philippine American Friendship Day. So this is on mm. July 4th. <laughs> okay. So they offered our friendship by breaking up with us or by letting us go. Uh, I like that. Yeah, probably. They said, I'll let you go. I'll let you fly. No, I still prefer the frozen one. <laughs> okay. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. <laughs> sure. So now the question is, if someone hijacked this time machine that we are on and changed history such that we never became independent from U.S., what would the timeline look like? Oh, wow, we're in a new timeline. What's different here? Is Philippines a state of America now? Actually, no. Why not? Well, it turns out it's not that easy to become a U.S. state. The chief reason is the fact that the majority of Filipinos are Asian and not white. 
Another reason is that we are a contiguous territory that have no natural connection to the rest of the states. So contiguous territory means, you know, we're so far away from the U.S. Mm, we're not connected by land. Yes, exactly. So these two reasons I mentioned are also the main reasons why it took 60 years for Hawaii to become a state. Mm. And they only got it owing to the fear of revolt and growing demands for statehood by residents. Also, one could argue that Hawaii is closer to the U.S. compared to the Philippines to the U.S., right? So, I mean, that is somehow kind of valid still, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, that is why in this timeline, the Philippines is not a state, but it is a territory, just like Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Well, then what's the difference between a territory and a state? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> So, similar to states, territories of the United States are sub-national administrative divisions overseen by the U.S. government. Many current states started off as territories before they were granted statehood, like Hawaii, which I mentioned earlier, and also Alaska. And they were the last two territories to become states, and this was both in 1959. In the original timeline where we came from, the United States occupies 16 territories, five of which have permanent inhabitants who are U.S. citizens. So Mm. these are Puerto Rico, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, American Samoa, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. All five inhabited territories have government structures similar to those of the states with their own executive, legislative, and judicial branches. Those who live in the territories are U.S. citizens. They pay some federal taxes, such as Social Security and Mm -hmm. Medicare, but not federal income tax. They can also travel freely within the United States, and they have U.S. passports, so they enjoy the same travel privileges as U.S. citizens who live in the States. Mm, That's interesting. Interesting because I didn't even know this. Yeah. But despite contributing billions in taxes to the federal government, they do not have meaningful representation like U.S. citizens in the 50 states. Because at the U.S. federal level, each territory elects a non-voting member in the House of Representatives, but they do not have any representation in the Senate. While citizens in these territories do vote in presidential primaries, they do not have representation in the electoral college, rendering their vote more symbolic than consequential. That means, you know, they could vote, but it's not actually counted. Oh, no. So why do they even vote? What's the point anyway? (laughs) But despite their inability to vote on federal issues, since they are U.S. citizens, the government has the same responsibilities toward them as it does to other U.S. citizens. Interesting. Now that we have the facts, let's talk about what's good and bad about being a U.S. territory. I guess I could start with the pros, and that is the U.S. passport. (laughs) As somebody who loves to travel, I've always hated it that we have to get a visa for almost everywhere that we have to go, right? And Mm. it's not as if it's that easy. Um, You have to, like, present some proof that you can afford to go somewhere or that, Mm. you know, that you are employed and depends obviously on the place like for example if you want to go to italy they are like super strict Mm. and sometimes you have to like if you're going to that shenzhen area right so last time i went there i had to strategically make it so that i i have to enter from france and have to stay the longest in france because i knew that italy is strict and they have like rejected a lot of people Mm. 
the pro, I guess, if I have the U.S. passport and since I have the same benefits as a U.S. citizen in the U.S., right, then I would be able to travel everywhere that U.S. citizens can travel to. So I will cut down on my expenses for visas and whatnot. And maybe not just for me, but like a lot of Filipinos want to move to the U.S., right? I think a lot of our OFWs are based in the U.S. And so if we had the U.S. passport, then that wouldn't be a huge issue. Like a lot of Filipinos in the U.S are there as TNT, Tago ng Tago, which means hiding and hiding. <laughs> what is that? Hiding and hiding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which means hiding and hiding. So that means they're there illegally. They find some way to go there on, and then they just never leave. And then mm. they're just there leading lives as illegal migrants. Yeah. So if we had a US passport, then this wouldn't be a problem for the Philippines. The Filipinos would be able to move to US and look for jobs there and all that without having to resort to illegal means, right? So in that way, I guess that's the benefit that I see. Mm. I think that's all. With, with, with regards to passports, it's not just money, right? It's also time. Like, you have to go to the embassy all the mm. time. Yep. You need to take leave. So, yeah, I, I do see the benefit of getting a U.S. passport. Yeah. We become so powerful and we can travel anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter during COVID because <laughs> yeah. we can travel anywhere anyways. <laughs> but yes, you're right. Because a lot of Filipinos, they move everywhere that they can move to just so they can change their passport because our passport is so lousy. It's very powerless, basically. That's a good benefit, but I see a lot of problems there as well. So let's probably talk about the negatives. Yes. One negative is if Tago ng Tago becomes official, they don't need longer need to hide because they are now <laughs> Americans. So what happens to the Philippines? A lot of Filipinos will want to transfer yeah, or immigrate right. to the mm-hmm. US, right? So there will be a massive brain drain. Yep. Nobody wants to stay in the Philippines anymore because they have the option to move to the US. Like how much is the airfare? It's it's not that expensive. Yeah, right? So you can true. travel to the US and then stay there and then that's it. Nobody would want to <laughs> remain in the Philippines. So that's yeah, probably. that's very bad for our country. I mean, they won't necessarily just travel to the US, right? Because I'm sure US citizens have benefits like they can move to certain countries who are their friends with, kind of. You know, like mm. you can move to Canada because you're a US citizen. You probably can move there easier than right now. If you're a Filipino, like we've been applying for PR and we, we cannot get the <laughs> approval until <laughs> now. You know what I mean? But probably yeah. US citizens, they can. Yeah. So you're right. Another problem I see is we don't have an identity, right? Like we have American passports. So if we win in the Olympics or in, in beauty pageants. I, <laughs> I think there is a Miss Puerto Rico. Remember Diana Torres? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Then so maybe that's not, a, that's not a good... That's not a valid uh, claim. Yeah, that's valid not a valid claim. concern. Yes, yeah. Okay. Maybe more importantly, we, we don't have independence, right? Yeah, we don't. Uh, the perfect analogy we can think of is it's like having the president of the classroom <laughs> as a Filipino. So you can lead your class uh, whenever you go on trips or whenever somebody is unruly, you can decide what to do with that person because you are the class president. Yep. But you're not really that powerful because yeah. <laughs> whatever it is that you do, you're still under the remit of the principal. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's not like you can actually change the school rules yeah. or whatever. Like, I don't think you can even do a simple change. Like, for example, there's a rule like you cannot dye your hair. I don't think the president can rescind that rule, right? So yeah, you're mm. right. He is a pretty powerful 
fearless president in quotation marks. So a classroom president is Filipino, but the principal is American. So, <laughs> And the one that you mentioned about having to elect somebody in the legislature, but not really having an effect, right? So mm, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's very difficult to justify uh, being a separate entity or nation. But then we don't really have total control of our lives and of yeah. our nation. So I think that's one drawback. Yeah, you cannot even vote for a president, right? Like, what is the point of that? And right now, like, a lot of people don't even know, for example, that Puerto Rico is have a U.S. passport. Mm. It's really iffy. It's really gray. Mm. So maybe the identity thing is still a bit confusing as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it would be better if they are either a state or not. But I think the Puerto Puerto Ricans are they tried voting for it because it's kind of like the Brexit. You need to ask the people, do you want to remain or do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so that I think they've tried having those referendums and whatnot. But I think even if they do decide that they want to be a state, it's not gonna be easy. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be a state for Philippines, you mean? No. Oh. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico or Philippines in this scenario, right? If Philippines is like Puerto Rico, if you wanted to be a state, yeah. I don't think it would have been that easy anyway. Yeah, there was somebody who spoke about even if Philippines wanted to be a state, I don't think the US would actually accept that request or they would agree to it because number one, as you said, it's very far away from the US. And the reason why that is a problem is what if somebody or another nation attacks the Philippines? It's so hard to protect. It's so hard for America to protect the Philippines because it's so far away. Mm. To protect sovereignty, probably it will cost a lot yeah, for the US ma- maintaining all that. Yeah, I don't think they would have agreed that easily because see Hawaii it took 60 years. Mm. They were like fighting for it so hard and in the Philippines, there was like division. I don't think we would mm. we would have gotten there. Yeah. And also I don't think the Filipinos especially nowadays, we're not like, like such fighters or something. Would we have been <laughs> Uh, you know, as vocal about it, I have no idea. We are, are we? We are like Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> we are fighters. True, I, <laughs> I'm wrong. Yes, we are. <laughs> so actually, yeah, there is really no way to know for sure. But I, I just have a feeling that if you know we had not been given the independence in 1946. We would be in the similar boat that Puerto Rico is right now. And in fact, in 1898, they were also part of the Treaty of Paris, right? And so that Mm. is why I think that's where we would be. (laughs) But it's so unfair. So during the Treaty of Paris, now that you mentioned that, all the other territories like Cuba, Puerto Rico, U.S. did not have to pay a single penny (laughs) to Spain. They just surrendered them. But for the Philippines, they asked 20 million US dollars. One person uh-huh. uh, online kind of commented that it probably was because Spain did not want to admit defeat from the Filipinos because we are brown people. Uh-huh. And to be defeated by brown people is kind of like an insult to them. That's why oh. they didn't really surrender until the Americans offered some form of remuneration. <laughs> I see. Okay, it could be that. I mean, they looked at us like lowly people, right? Like Indios, they call us so yeah yeah. but we were able to defeat them But would you have preferred for us to have to be under American territory? No, I'm, I'm still struggling to, to think about what our lives could have been having a U.S. passport aside from being able to travel anywhere. Yeah, I would say that 
I don't think that the Philippines would have been magically rich or the same level as America as in like the 50 states of USA are in right now because like Puerto Rico I don't think they're rich right I mean they're mm. in debt and in fact just recently in 2017 there was this Hurricane Maria that hit them badly mm. and it killed thousands of people and left thousands more without electricity or water for months mm. and that's a US territory so Philippines is probably going to be like that right it doesn't yeah. mean that we will re- climb out of poverty necessarily mm. just because we are at a u.s territory yeah i mean the only benefit i would see definitely is having a u.s passport which would really help out a lot though let's be honest right mm. a lot of ofws left the philippines you know like the two of us because well there's brain drain anyway <laughs> so mm. uh, but i guess you know at least there probably is going to be more brain drain i suppose mm. yeah i mean if i'm going to be very like very just limited in my view i would prefer <laughs> because mm. just because of the password which is so weird <laughs> preference but uh, if you look at like in terms of uh, other things obviously the freedom and all these things uh, and i think policy as well like free trade policy export imports if we are under u.s control mm-hmm. it's so hard to make our own policies that would make us competitive in trade right so, yeah. so our bananas our mangoes if tariff and trade controls are being imposed by a different entity like say the u.s then uh. it becomes harder for us to stay competitive yeah but again i if I look at it another way, is that like, what's the difference anyway? Because like, our politicians are lousy. So, <laughs> either way, I, I don't really see that, you know, Philippines is in a good place, right? Mm. I think if we had been in a territory, we would be in a similar boat, but at least we have the free visas. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that, you know, like, okay, are people going to say we're traitors for even asking this question? Like, I think a nationalist person, a true nationalist Filipino would definitely not even consider being not independent. Yeah. Obviously. So why are we even thinking this in the first no, place? It's just, it's just hypoth- <laughs> hypothetical, guys. Don't, yeah. don't worry about it. We're not... <laughs> Trying to sell the Philippines for $20 million. It's, it's not our in, intention. Yeah we, yeah. we just wanted to think, what if? Yes, and exactly. What if in 1946, we, we didn't have the friendship, <laughs> Philippine-American friendship day. Mm-hmm. We weren't let go by the Americans. What if we were still a territory? What could our lives have been? Yeah, because actually it's common, right? I've heard this from older people usually who would muse about like, oh, you know, we could have been an American state and, you know, our lives would be so much better now that's actually a common Mm. statement that i heard while i was growing up actually Mm. especially among people who have the american dream which there are a lot of those in the philippines right so you know i couldn't help but think like yeah (laughs) what if right because life in the philippines is actually not that easy so that is why you can't help but think Mm. But I would argue that, you know, you just seem to think that American life is also easy, but it's also not, right? Like, it's just what we saw on the television set, or it's just yeah. what we were, the information that we were fed by our relatives or something. Yes, yes. Yeah, like the relatives who were sending us Mars bars, and for some reason that was like... <laughs> <laughs> like the best thing ever. But of course, now that we're older and you can like, okay, it's actually not that great there either yeah and at the end of the day it's still better for us to be on our own i would say being able to control our own fate i think it's something that we owe to our katiponeros who who really fought for our independence and i think 
it's worthwhile to enjoy. So we're not traders, guys. We're just imagining <laughs> <laughs> what our lives could have yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us driving a Ford. And a maybe... Ford? What's with the Ford? It's very specific. It's not what Americans The number one drive? car in the US right now is a Ford okay. one F-150. I see, okay. A pickup truck. Then I don't think Jollibee would have been born... <laughs> <laughs> okay, because of uh, McDonald's would have been yeah. like there. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, actually, there will be a lot of things that wouldn't have happened with Jollibee. <laughs> like Jollibee, that's all that you can think of. Oh my of. god, it's, it's only, I can only think of Jollibee. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more, but there's a possibility that it could still have happened, you know? I mean, I'm sure Puerto Ricans and Cubans, they all still have their own stuff. So I think Philippines mm. would have gotten, we would still have kept our food or if that's your concern and our language and all that we still do have all of those right so mm. maybe we wouldn't have lost a lot okay i don't want to think of a world without jollibee <laughs> okay <laughs> so that actually like overpowers everything else like who cares yes. who about cares all... about the u.s passport <laughs> who cares about all the other things it's jollibee <laughs> that wins this argument okay great <laughs> glad to know <laughs> Your loyalties. <laughs> Disclaimer, I own Jollibee stocks. So. Okay, I do too. Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it... Cutie Minute. Okay, so we have reached our portion where we read out the comments from our cuties or our listeners. And the first cutie that reached out to us is from Gleeful Talk Show, another podcast. And her message says, Heidi Ananto, I got much more inspired to start my own podcast after my interview with you guys. Heart, heart, heart. Do you see? <laughs> D, we were able to inspire somebody to start her own podcast. Yeah. I feel so proud. Yes, of course. And she was the one we interviewed in about life in the Middle East, right? Yes. OFW Life in the Middle East. Check that yes. out, guys. It's amazing. It's great to inspire people. <laughs> and our second one is from Instagram. And this is from username SJP Torres. So her comment is about episode 32. How can you be an OFW in Germany? She said, I really enjoyed this episode and also Lawin's account of his experience living abroad. In my first few years here, I had a tendency to translate everything in my brain to Filipino and then translate it to English, which doesn't always work. Haha. <laughs> I had a five-second lag during conversations due to the tendency of mine. And I agree with Lawin. Living abroad was the best decision I've ever made too. Expanding my horizons and opening myself to the possibilities, whether good or bad, made me the person I am to today. Wouldn't change it for every- anything. Wow. Great, yeah. I agree with her as well, right? I mean, we, I think we mentioned this in our episode 4 as well, so the two of us also have this way of thinking. And from Facebook, about episode 38, why are there no serial killers in the Philippines? Why indeed do <laughs> You listened to so the app you edited it. So. <laughs> somebody responded in Facebook. Jet Cleofi mentioned, Oh, it's because live and let live is not a thing in the Philippines. Madaming chismosa. <laughs> Mabubuking ka. I remember nagahanap ako ng apartment dati. May, na- may nakurso na... Okay, bang mo Tagalog. May nakurso na dahan ako kaso walang nakalagay na number. So nagtanong ako sa tindahan sa tapat. Ang sagot sa akin, hindi daw bakante at malabong mabakante. 10 years na daw nakatira yung nandun. Parehas daw teacher at madalas wala yung lalaki. Ha? Huh? <laughs> Baka daw baog ang isa sa kanila kasi hindi magkaanak. 
<laughs> ang tanong ko lang naman ay kung for rent yun at baka alam nila kung magkano. Ano ba na? <laughs> It was just a simple question. <laughs> That's a typical example of the chismosa culture in the Philippines. <laughs> chismosa is nosy. This is how nosy we are. It was just a simple question of if the room is available and how much is the rent and then all of a sudden there are a lot of <laughs> segways uh, and it just segways. suddenly the, she told the whole life story or what she thinks is the life story of the couple living there. So funny. That's funny. Our last one is from Instagram username a table for two please. And this is regarding episode 22. How did Filipino Chinese tycoons build their empires? They commented, "Learn more about the story of Filipino Chinese tycoons in an oddly entertaining way." Wait for the SM jingle to come in, please. Ganda ng cover. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I, I forgot about the the SM jingle. Yes. And now I'm reminded I, I can't help but smile. <laughs> It was a fun episode. Yeah, it was a fun episode. So please check it out. Like it's a narrative episode, and we're actually really proud of it. Please check it out. And I think that's it. We are at the end of our cutie minute. <laughs> that's it. Thanks, guys. What's the SM again? SM. We got it all for you. Yes. 